1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
2: All right, all right, we're live. Welcome to Don't Let Them Burn. My name is Chris, and I got my partner, Rory. I got through the black, Jared, and Tom. Say what's up, everybody.
3: What's up? Chris, where you at? I can't see your
2: face, buddy. Yeah. You really want to see this mug? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome, yeah. to, welcome to Don't Let Them Burn.
1: Welcome to Don't Let um, Them Burn.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, And you want to start off in a uh, moment of prayer, Rory?
0: Absolutely. Lord God, we just want to thank you for this day. Um, There's so many blessings, oh, Lord God, you have um, bestowed upon us. Lord God, as we are about to uh, talk about this film that uh, people are going to I would say the word, Lord, subject themselves to. Lord God, um, we are just here to lift up your name, O Lord God, and to just bring honor and glory to your name. Father, that when people listen to this um, conversation, that they will see that all we are doing is showing them the importance of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, the importance of staying out of this fluff here or this garbage. It's not fluff. It's garbage, Lord. And we just ask you, dear Lord God, to take full control of this show. Everything that we do is to honor and glorify your name in your name alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Alright, so this is our interview, sorry, our review of Split, the movie that came out last year. Uh, we we're by, behind on some of our interviews, so we're just going to take this time. This is uh, one of the, uh it wasn't a a blockbuster, but it's a very important movie that came out and we just we're just gonna try to show you some of the spiritual aspects. If you don't like spoilers, we're telling you now it's time to leave. If it's this is a Christian movie review from a Christian aspect. If you get triggered easily, now is the time to leave. So with all that said, this movie is uh directed by M. Night Shamalam or Shamalama Ding Dong or however you uh, pronounce his name. <laughs> Sorry, no disrespect, but it's hard to pronounce this dude's <laughs> name. Uh, let, let me oh. let me share the screen again. Um, so it came out last year. Uh, director M Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan and this is coming off um, the two thousands Unbreakable, with um Bruce Willis, and it's basically. About uh, unbreakable. Unbreakable is about a the birth of a hero, right? Split is about the birth of a villain, and M. Knight says he's going to do another movie that connects all the first two movies. So yeah, that's one way he's uh, going to bring in Mister Glass, I think, right? Yeah, Mister Glass. Yeah, was I think a that, in the that's first it. Movie is going to bring back Mister Glass. Yeah. hmm And go, you're saying something, worry?
0: No, I was just saying, yeah, Mr. Glass is coming back.
2: Right. And so James McAvoy is the person that um, is playing the villain in this movie. And his character um, has 23 personalities living inside uh, his body or his mind, uh, if if you want to say that. And this movie is basically about uh, dissociative... Uh, one hey, when you guys want to help me out with that dissociative yeah, disassociative, identity, disassociative disorder. identity disorder, there we go. Did <laughs> so. The, the main characters in this movie are Casey Cook, which is um, the main female character, you have Marcia, I'm not sure if she's Hispanic or not, but she looks like it. You have um, Karen, who is the either psychologist or psychiatrist and then you have claire who's uh, one of the blonde girls and all of these females are are young um then you have what's called uh kevin wait kevin kevin crumb is the body that these uh pe- uh these personalities are inside of his mind whatever and then you have the horde which makes up 3 of the 23 personalities and these are the ones that are are in control. One is called Miss Patricia. Prish- the other one is called Hedwig, which is a nine-year-old boy, and Dennis, who is uh, looks like he's a pedophile and he likes to see little girls dance naked. That's that's what's explained in the movie. Um, so before I started, anything you guys want to open with? I, I did to wanna... movie. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Just That's
3: no, okay. You can cut me off and you can just say whatever you want. You just cut me off and <laughs> jump in there.
2: <laughs>
1: I saw the movie a couple months ago, and I'm really late watching this movie because when I saw the previews when it came out last summer, I wanted to see it immediately, but I don't get out to movies like I used to just because I just don't, you know, it's garbage, you know. But this is one of the ones that I would have uh, purposely just got out to see and uh, finally got to see it a couple months ago and I was pretty impressed with a lot of things in the film just it seemed like the director really cared about the subject to get the details right uh, i was I was fascinated from you know from beginning to end and with with the characters the acting um, those are the things that stuck out to me but this is another example of a of a film in recent years that covers the issue of mpd multiple personality disorder or what is now called did dissociative identity disorder so mm-hmm. we could talk about a lot of movies like this like fight club the long kiss good night um they had some tv shows i forget uh th- there's some other movies that didn't really get uh real big like uh Halle Berry made a movie called I can't remember the name of the movie, but uh, she produced it. I don't. She didn't direct it, but starred in it. And um, I want to say it's Frankie and Alice or something like that, where Halle Berry played a multiple and yeah. had uh, I don't know how many different personalities. One of which was and uh, was a white supremacist was one of her mm. personalities. Interesting enough. So anyway, there's been a lot of films about this issue recently, and I just I find it fascinating. I thought the movie was done well. And the thing that I really got from the um from watching the movie is the director really believed that this phenomenon, I don't know if I want to call it a phenomenon, but this condition was real. And then when I saw some behind the scenes stuff, he admitted that he did believe that uh, MPD
3: was real okay mm.
2: All right, uh, any, any anybody else want to chime in before I go
3: yeah before I was so rudely interrupted I just have a small thought it was uh, <laughs> I, you know I, for people that don't know uh, that watch this you know Tom and I have a quite a bit of personal experience dealing with actual people that really have disassociative identity disorders so naturally you know we're both very interested anytime there is a uh, there's a movie that comes out where that disorder, you know, is typically the primary part of the synopsis of the film. So, I uh, I did not want to watch this movie whatsoever. Usually, because I just start to get really upset. You know, it gets kind of when you've had a lot of personal experience with this. It gets hard to watch Hollywood renditions, but often it's a good idea to see what. Um, you know, a film like this is going to give you a good – it's a good indicator of how people are going to view this because most people, as this disassociative identity sort of thing continues to grow as far as the amount of people that know that it exists, you know, we're going to keep running into more and more people that only use movies like Split as the example. It's, it's like people that um, – only use doctor who quotes to talk about time travel you know somehow yeah, these yeah. become real in their minds because hollywood has taught them everything that they know and in that i don't know it's it's gonna it's interesting to see where this movie's gonna go and how people are, are gonna receive it long term uh, especially with more and more movies coming out with it i didn't want to watch it i forced myself to watch it i'm glad i did um and man it was i think rory said it best when we were talking before the show started this was a. Uh, I don't. What would you say, Rory? You said something about this movie. It was a horrible movie. It
0: was. It was. It was horrible. It was it, <laughs> disgusting. It, it, it was disgusting, despicable, um, because on so many levels. Um, I think, um, like you said, I think it was a, a, a great movie. If 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 you want that, um, I, I think, um, and I'm going to tell you why it's great and uh, why it was a great movie in that this aspect. It was great to show. Um, some of these issues that people face, but a lot of people will look at it and say, "Well, oh, it's just a horror flick or whatever it is, or, or a scary movie." But like you said, when I look at this, I, I look at it. Uh, my lens are, are tainted, and I can't help. I, I look at it through the Word of God, and I'm like, oh, "This guy's possessed," <laughs> you know. So, yeah. I, I, and I'm not trying I, to. I'm yeah. not trying to do a spoiler or anything, but. I look at it just totally different, and that's why. And I and I see some. There are some other aspects that um, we see happening in our in our world today. Um, in in um, coming out of Hollywood, that we have to question certain things, you know. Um, and I'll elaborate when we go in, when when we start. All right.
2: Okay. So um, I'm going to share my screen again. Just since we're bringing up um, sh- uh, movies and shows that were like this, this is one right here. Uh, well, this is a video game. It's called Killer 7. And uh, I believe it's a spy game. I'm not reading it right now. But uh, as you see the cover here, the, the person has seven multiple uh, personalities. And this came out um, in 2005. Right Now, this TV show right here is Legion. The idea for, for Legion came straight out of the Bible because uh, this guy has so many personalities in him he doesn't know which one is which and who's real and some of them make him more powerful and he's more like a he's an X-Men one of the X-Men, sorry, and he's like a a mega-class mutant, right? And so that's straight out from the comic book. So this stuff is all over the place now and I'm pretty sure that I could pull up some more examples um, and one being the Incredible Hulk, you know? So uh, there we have that. So going into the movie now, Right? The dad gets attacked while well they were they're all I believe they're at a mall or some coffee shop or something. And the dad gets attacked while they are in the car. Mm-hmm. He's he's loading some stuff in the trunk and no one notices until thirty seconds after the kidnapper enters uh into the car and starts spraying the the, the girls with with um a sedative. I'm just pointing this out because it was kind of ridiculous. Um and the the main character uh, Casey, um, she was traumatized from him just getting into the car she She took a slow time to even try to open the door so by the time he noticed he wasn't even afraid of her or nothing he just he didn't, he didn't pay attention to her really until she tried to open the door and then he sprays her um
0: but but um, um don't you find my, that a little that, don't you find that funny don't you find that funny um that When um, he sits in the car, he turns and he sprays the two girls in the back. And the one that's Mm. closest to him, he doesn't do anything. And and that's my question. Um, When you look at that, um, she's not – she's fearful. But there's – she doesn't have that knee-jerk reaction like, I need to get out of here or anything like that. She stays there and and she's extremely calm. And she says – she starts moving um, very slowly and – to, to try to get up.
2: And, and I have the reasons for that. I don't know if anybody want to chime in, but I have the reasons for that. But go ahead, if anybody want to chime in.
1: No, I want to hear the reasons.
2: Okay. Well, her dad, um, when she was younger, trained her how to hunt deer. And she had to be slow and methodical about it. And he would train her how to shoot rifles and stuff. And at the same time, too, she was being molested by her uncle.
0: She's been and exposed to that died, type of... She's been exposed.
2: Yeah, exactly. Her dad died of a heart attack and the uncle's over her saying, this is later on in the movie, he's saying, well, I'm going to take care of you now. It, this this stuff runs in the family. Heart attacks. So that's why she's like that and it actually uh, helps her situation but there's more to it than, than what I'm saying. I'm going to go into it right now. Uh, Casey's dad trains her how to hunt but um, it's written in a feminist with, with feminist overtones, right? Uh, they're having a conversation in the camp area and she, he's training her with the guns or whatever. And he says, um, female dares are smarter than the bucks, just like humans. Huh. I didn't notice that. But yeah, you're right. I yeah. remember. Yeah when,
0: yeah. He, when, when he was tent, yeah, when he was in the tent, when he was in the tent.
2: Yeah. And, and that's not it. And one more part. He says, um, boys make too much noise. And Casey says, I'm better than boys, right? And that affirms to her, yes, you are. So it's just setting up this whole feminist overtone, which it, it's, it's, it's this psychological game that the writers and the director is playing because, you know, they are male feminists. So and this is throughout Hollywood, but um, anything else you, want, you guys want to chime in right there?
1: No, I, I'm with Jared. I either didn't pick up on that or I forgot about it. And that seems so blatant. I don't know why I would have picked why I wouldn't have picked up on it. But
0: mm-hmm. anyway, that's that's yeah. fascinating.
1: They're, they're always trying yeah. to stick that kind of stuff in there constantly.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, when I when I saw that, when I saw that part, I, I looked at it as a as a young girl. It was just more than just just training. I think it was conditioning conditioning her mind from a very early age you know one of the things that they always said hey, if you want to bend a tree you start um, bending it from when it's young because when it gets old you can't do it anymore mm-hmm. so you 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 see this this the, the 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 glimpses of going back and forth um between when she was younger um some of the things that she's been exposed to why she reacts the way she reacts and we could i, I could go into it a little bit more but i'm, I'm you know chris is building so i'm, I'm gonna wait
3: let me, let me take All a step right. backwards here real quick and just touch on a brief, brief point that I think has a lot of practical application. If my memory mm-hmm. serves, one of the reasons why Kevin was able to get into the car and w- went virtually unnoticed by everyone except for the main protagonist for like 30 seconds is because the girls in the back seat were on their phone. And so I right. think when it comes yes. to basic situational yep. awareness, yep. the whole movie would yep. have been completely avoided if the girls yep. weren't on their phone and they were paying attention to their surroundings. So, just as a practical aside, I think we should all spend mm. less time on the phone so we can, you know, <laughs> so we don't miss the guy with DID that's fixing the chloroform. <laughs> you know, so that like the way the movie should have ended was the girls just all bailed out of the car the second he got in, and it would have been over
2: with. Yeah. So yeah, and the funny thing is that the uh, the girl Casey noticed something was going on but she kind of ignored it you know
0: yeah because she and, saw she um, saw the boxes of food on the ground
2: yeah in the but right mirror. before that though right right before that though she heard some scuffling but just looked kind of and just kind of ignored it you know so yeah that could happen in real life but I think you know because the, the, the thing that Jared is saying they're not really aware of their situation what's going on around them and she wasn't even on the phone which makes it even more disturbing. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, you mentioned Kevin. Now, Kevin is the body that these um, personalities are inhabiting, right? Kevin mm-hmm. has yeah. been asleep since. Um, excuse me. Let me grab my notes here. September eighth, two thousand fourteen. So the movie came out two thousand seventeen. So he's been he's been out for three years. So the personality that's that that's the, the main male personality that's taken over is Dennis. All right. So Dennis, um, when I guess Kevin was going through childhood trauma, right? Um he, he's, it said that these personalities came out to protect Kevin. We hear that sometimes in these movies. And you guys have more experience with this sort of thing. So if you want to chime in anytime, let me know. Um and it says it says here that uh, the personalities are aware of the subpersonalities, uh, and this is established in the beginning of the movie. And also, they sit in a, in a in a in a group of chairs like a circle, right? And and this is all pointing to aspects of witchcraft too. The circle you have to sit into the circle and do whatever um, um, spell or um, summoning and, and things like that. You can't break the circle. So it's like a, a, a witchcraft musical chair within his mind, or sure. however this stuff works. Um, anybody want to say something before I go?
3: Well, when we talk about Kevin being the the main body, you know, for people that don't yeah. know much about DID, there's a lot of times we just refer to that person as the core person. You know, he is he is the main person, and I think it's important to realize that at least in reality. Um, sub-personalities are not actual people. They're not separate people. What you're dealing with is... they. Well, they used to call it multiple personality disorder. Now they call it disassociative identity disorder because you're not actually dealing with multiple personalities. You're dealing with one fractured personality that has been fractured into many parts. And so Kevin is Kevin. He, is, he was born Kevin. He is the main person. He's the core. Everything else is just a fractured piece of his personality. But what's interesting is that this movie starts to paint that each sub-personality is so real that it actually changes the body, the genetic makeup of this individual, which takes us way outside the bounds of reality and yep. into something a lot more interesting with a message. So before I, – I don't want to jump too far ahead, um, but you can already see where they're starting to twist this is making uh, sub-personalities something that they're not.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I agree. No. The, the, Karen is the psychologist right? Yep. And so the movie, part of the movie starts out with um, Dennis going to the, the psychologist but he's pretending to be Mary, one of the other personalities right? And he's asking her like does anybody care about us? And he also says who is going to take care of us when you're gone? Um, basically these personalities all want recognition in the real world. And that's why um, we have the beast coming out later. That's one. That's the the the, the last personality. Um, that I, I You know. Let me. I'm going ahead of myself. Okay. So um, the, the the woman Karen, the psychologist, um, says that the, the, the girls are sacred foods. I don't know if you have any connection with that guys uh, through the black hair, <laughs> uh, but.
3: I'll let Tom, I'll let Tom, I, mean, I don't want to cut Tom off if Tom was fixing to say something. But um, the,
1: uh, we're talking about the psy uh, the psychologist now.
3: No, 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 no. When they uh, when when the beast referred to the girls as the sacred food, oh. you know. So what it was doing was they were adding a ritual component to it. They were talking yeah. about the birth of the beast came after the actual physical consumption of the women, which we see at the end. He does. He physically eats them. Right. He he kills all right. except for the the main protagonist and uh it added sort of a ritualistic importance to the rise of the beast and death that was necessary for him to come out and you know there was a physical change in the body where the body actually became beast like after the beast had consumed these girls, you know the beast was born, so to speak, he was then able to crawl across the ceiling he was literally a composite of multiple zoo animals, so they kind of presented the beast mm-hmm. as a as a as a uh, grafting of m- multiple things that were in his environment. Because one of the spoilers at the end is they were underneath the the, bron- the zoo in the Bronx. I think it was the Bronx. Right, um, yeah. Maybe it was a Brooklyn Zoo. Maybe it was a Brooklyn Zoo. Central Park, maybe. yeah Anyway, it was a New York City Zoo. And that's where you find out <laughs> that they were at. And so, you know, Kevin had, you know, was a zookeeper. And he was allowed access to some sort of maintenance quarters or temporary housing. And what they showed was that the beast, upon this ritual of consuming the flesh of humans, actually was born, and it was mainly comprised of things that he knew that were in his direct environment. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 You, you, did, you pulled a Rory on me, you jumped over my notes, but it's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, You're in um, good
0: standing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So going um, into the, the, psycho- the psychologist, right? Now, mm-hmm. psycholo- secular, secular psychology is rooted in spiritism. Sigmund Freud and others, they were talking to spirits. Um, in fact, uh, Sigmund Freud uh, called his, 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 the doll that he would talk to mannequin. And sometimes he didn't know if it was talking to him or he was talking to it, you know? And, and other uh, secular psychology... Psychologists uh, use some of these methods to write their treatment for people. So, anyway, the reason I'm bringing that up now is Karen, the psychologist, says to, uh, she, she's basically going to, to uh, in front of councils, trying to bring out the reality of this DID, DID stuff. And she wants it to be something that's held with respect, right? Mm-hmm. But she winds a, conspira- uh, a spiritual component in there and so in one part she says what if they are more than us and her colleague says you treat them like they are supernaturally gifted and then she says perhaps they are capable of something we are not and then she exactly. goes on and says she goes she goes on and says we have brain scans now that show did patients have changed their body's chemistry with their thoughts
3: yeah,
0: And no. so, so in, in, in other words, what she's saying is that they're using more of their minds than we are. And so, so in this particular part of the movie, they're not being looked upon as necessarily being sick, or she doesn't look on them as being sick. Although this lady knew from the day those three girls were missing, she knew who had them. She had a clue who had them. She knew beyond the shadow yeah. of a doubt, because when he came to her house... Um, she kept on pressing him. And he said, no, no, you know, everything's good, I'm okay. And she said, you know, is there something you have to tell me? Because she watched it, and, he, and um, he never came out with it. He said, everything is good, I'm doing great now. Because he had yeah. the three young ladies.
1: I just right. want to uh, mention, just the way that these scenarios are set up in this film were so real to me.
2: Just yep. the whole idea mm-hmm.
1: that one of the personalities is sending an email in the middle of the night to this psychiatrist and is, is asking for help and is setting up these appointments. And then the other guy pops up and he goes to quiet the whole thing down during the day. But there's somebody inside that wants help, that wants to warn you know, and tell the truth. Yeah. Uh, we see this a lot. And again, I'm mm-hmm. really impressed with the detail that they put in how many things they got right. Again, I'm watching this film with my wife, and I can't tell you how many times I paused the movie, and I was like, "They got that right. That's right." I'm like, mm. "It was it was creeping me out." I almost thought, "Does this guy listen to Russ Distar to get this much <laughs> good detail in there?" And well, I mean, so many things were right, and I and I really liked the uh, the Karen character. She, I know several women exactly like her who are um who have counseled did and they are champions for did and i will meet them at bible studies i will meet them at churches although oh, coming out to conferences and they'll tell me stuff like man i've been a you know i've been a counselor for years i'm a i'm a psychiatrist or, or a counselor i know this stuff is real and I believe it. I've been helping these people. And they know all the lingo. They know all the buzzwords, so to speak, that we know. And they are champions for these uh, people with, with DID. So I just yes. thought that character was so good. And, and again, we, we see this where somebody on the inside is, is reaching out for help. And then the upfront person or the protector personality will twi- try to quiet the, you know, the other one down that, that's reaching out for help, mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, again, you know, sometimes Hollywood gets it right and they got to write a lot in this film
2: yeah um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna release my spoiler for what, I, what was revealed to me, I think this the Holy Spirit just laid, laid this one on me today, now dealing with what Karen was talking about a minute ago, all the, all the quotes I gave you think about what she's saying here they're more than us and they've been able to change their body's chemistry through what thoughts Mm -hmm. right (laughs) this is this is the connection i got for you guys the horde which is the main three characters their belief wills things into existence they're gonna will the beast into existence because as, as of before, no, there, he wasn't evident in, in any parts of the movie until the end. And they had to perform a ritual, right? Now,
1: right.
2: It's, this is connecting to the force, the prana, the Tao, the chi, the ki, the yin and the yang, law of attraction, the universe, the secret, and other names. They use this to manifest the beast the most powerful personality. It's witchcraft, in other words. They take turns manifesting like, like mu- musical chairs, and I'll go into that a little bit more, and um, some of the personalities are against the others like someone mentioned a minute ago, and, and, and the belief that the Horde is about, and um, uh, they, like I said, they, they had to perform a ritual to manifest him within uh, <coughs> Kevin's body and one of the things that they said is, uh, I think the Beast said it, the time of humanity is over. This is also connecting to evolution and to <laughs> transhumanism. No. And I'll make some more connections later. Go ahead, guys.
0: Hold on a minute, Chris. Hold on a minute. It goes back right right to... Um, I think this goes back right to the Black Awakening. I think um, this is, is... It's not what we are... In this particular movie, when I see this or when I see some of these things they're talking about something that's more than just human. All right. And I think, uh, my brother said, um, when he was watching it with his wife, he had to pause because they got it right. I want to share something or read something to you guys. All right. We're in, um, this is Luke 28, Luke eight, verse 28. Check this out. Look at the scenario, read over the story. You know, the story is a story about legion but we're gonna see some of the same characteristics that come out, right? Verse 28, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. You know, I need help. This is the part where you said, I need help. And with a loud voice said, what have you um, to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God, most high? I beseech thee, don't torment me or torment me not. So asking for help, right? Um, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of, of, of the man, for oftentimes it, is, it has um, caught him, and he was kept bound in chains. So these people, he was so bad, this guy was so bad, they would bound him in chains um, and fetters, and he would break the bands and was driven off, sorry, and was driven off the devil into, into the wilderness, and Jesus asked him, what is thy name? And he said, legion, because we are many. Right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you we can go through and you talk about how much a legion is. But here's the, the funny thing that I looked at and I saw in this devils, where he talks about um, the meaning of a devil, where um, it's, it's the person who or not the person, the spirit who proclaims Satan, who goes out before him. Um, this is an emissary of the, the enemy. And you see some of the same characteristics in this particular movie and some of the same things when I read this passage of scripture. As, I, as soon as I saw this movie, or parts of the movie, I said man, this guy is possessed. And now guys, I know you have Um, their names that you you will use but when you are looking at at at, um something like this it's not just um it's not just um a personality that will go through and do some of these things it's a lot more than that and i'm quite sure you guys can attest
3: yeah let me uh, you know this is where a lot of people get confused and i think uh, it's such a weird deal when you actually experience this in person it's taken a while for me to formulate i think a sort of a, a basic a comprehensive understanding of what we're dealing with. You have to, you, these things are like, it's, it's layers to this puzzle, so to speak. So when you're dealing with sub-personalities, you're dealing with a fractured personality, but a lot of people mistake all sub-personalities for demons. Here's the problem. Not all sub-personalities are demons. You can deal with a fractured personality, different versions of the person's primary personality, but... You can have subpersonalities that are demonized. So sometimes you hit these demonic components. Like, for instance, you can deal with some subpersonalities and use the name of Jesus to make them stop doing something. Like, for instance, if I had somebody that was had subpersonalities and I was dealing with them and they started to get violent, and I said, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to be, you know, to be peaceful and bring no harm to anybody at this table. If it's just a sub-personality, he can smack me right in the face. The authority of Jesus Christ in a normal deliverance session does not hold the same weight that it does with something demonic. Now, if you're dealing with a demonized sub-personality, then when you use uh-huh. the, the authority of Jesus Christ that's inside of us as Christians, it's a done deal. That that, that demon has to acquiesce because you're the, you're the authority in that matter. The authority of Christ trumps its own authority. And you win that battle. You can command it to do whatever it is you need it to do. But you can make those demons leave. You can cast them out, do whatever. And then you're still stuck with the subpersonality that demonic spirit was attached to. And I think that that's where it gets so complicated is this isn't your average deliverance session when you're dealing with subpersonalities. You're dealing with subpersonalities that are rooted in trauma. Um, mm-hmm. That have lots of different layers and demonic subparts that are in the middle of the whole thing. So it's a giant cesspool of craziness. Um, I think to the larger point, though, of this issue of the horde and what was talked about in the movie is the end of humanity. We have to remember, from a demonic side of things, the end goal is to inhabit all of humanity. I think that mm-hmm. every you know what what do we understand about uh, you know the uh, the 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 demonic the the demonic side of things they require uh human bodies to be the most Whoa. effective they they require right. hosts for whatever reason you know whatever the school of thought is whether they were nephilim at one time or not whatever your school of thought is we see a consistent you know over and over and over again in scripture they require human vessels right that's what they want that is what they want to see. They would like to see total possession, and the word possession implies ownership, over all of humanity, the end of humanity, and the reign of the Antichrist. You know, it, it, Rory, you're 100% right. It's, it's the Black Awakening. It's just most people don't really understand what the Black Awakening is. It is not just the birth of the Horde. It's the, it's the, the taking over of the Horde and the end of human, humanity as we know it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, uh, Tom, anything? Before well, we
1: I just want to back up what Jared's saying there. Uh, in my experience, dealing with somebody who's a multiple and one of the personalities is demonized, I, I've had that experience where I'm talking up front, I'm talking to the up front person
0: mm-hmm.
1: and every, everything's fine and then there a switch occurs and mm. then you feel that presence that wasn't there. Uh, You know, just moments ago, you feel that um, just that feeling in the air, you know, that you that you might have after some kind of a spiritual attack, after uh, some sleep paralysis or whatever. There there's a personality that pops up that's demonized. And this film tackles this in a way. And I'm just – man, I would love to have a conversation with this guy to find out what he knew because how can you really talk about –
0: Exactly.
1: How can you talk about MPD and not talk about SRA, you know? But he did yeah. it, and he made a movie about it, and he kind of skated around it with this Beast character, with the ritual, with the cannibalism, and with the yeah. – it's almost like a, a triggering thing that um, that happened when he, you know – Almost like a program that was put in him, you know. What's the backstory to this character? Was he programmed to do this at a certain point in his life? I mean, we right. This this is what we know. This is what the Black Awakening is. Is when a lot, you know, all of these programmed people are triggered to do what uh, this character did, you know, to to release chaos. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in that film, we see one person doing it. Imagine tens of thousands or millions of people doing it. Right. So yeah. well, I don't know. I, I'm just like, I'm really curious about what more does he know or what does he believe? He's shown that he believes in uh, MPD. Does he believe in SRA too?
3: Yeah. Hey, I got to step away for two seconds. Uh, keep it going, but I'll be back here in just a minute.
2: All right. Now, one of, one of the um the, okay. So there's a part in the movie where the, um, one of the personalities come out out, and he's a nine-year-old boy, right? And the girls try to escape through the roof. They found a, a, you know, there there was a hollow point in the roof where they could, you know, open it up and um, dig through and and, and remove the bars and get out. And while he's coming back to find out what they're up to in the room, the the girls are kind of like holding the door and he's like, come on, stop playing around and blah, blah, blah. And in like two to three seconds, he switches clothes. He didn't go off and and go put on some clothes. He switched it right away, right there. Now, in another part of the movie, right, they show show him doing videos. Each personality is doing different videos for themselves and they go and change clothes. But then in another part of the movie, um I, f- I forgot what part of the movie this is, but the one of the girls that got in trouble again, and I believe the woman the woman personality came in and took her back into a room, and then she went around the corner and in less than thirty seconds, she has clothes on. I mean, it switched personalities to Dennis again, and he has totally different clothes on and and this is why I 'm harping on the supernatural component because. That's that that's that's what goes on with some of these um uh high level witch magicians that switch clothes like in in, in milliseconds. If you ever seen that, I'm not sure if you've ever seen that, but I just wanna bring out that point there. Go ahead.
1: No, you know, that's interesting. And I think I think that, that part of the film, the, the changing of clothes and the wardrobe there, you know that that. In most cases, that's just not true. We don't see that sort Mm. of a switch where they feel like they've got to completely switch their outward identity. Uh, I was actually like a week and a half ago talking to somebody over the phone um, who was a multiple. And just like that, they they were speaking to me. And in the middle, in mid-sentence, they switched to a little girl personality and began Mm. to talk to me. And had a conversation with me, and then switched back. And that person completed the sentence that they were in the middle wow. of speaking. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty intense. So again, they get a lot of things right, and I'm not saying that that's not true for some cases. And we know like um, that some some personalities will smoke cigarettes, some won't. You know, we've heard stories of eye color changing. Okay, and of course we know that's true with uh, when it comes to demonic possession. Um, right. Also, we've heard stories, uh, and I haven't experienced this personally, but Russ has told me stories of uh, of multiples that are in a um, in a psych ward situation, and they will mm-hmm. give them an injection to take them out because they're being so violent. They will switch personalities, and that uh injection to knock them out has no effect on the other personality Hmm. and i you know i've heard the same thing where people will drink alcohol and be drunk and switch personalities and that other personality will not be drunk
0: so the, the power source is not that individual person but it's something else
1: well and the film touches on that and i don't exactly i don't understand all you know i don't understand all that there was a definite message that they were trying to get across and they were touching on something and it's almost like he was skipping everything and he was going for yeah. straight for the supernatural. He's like, this is what they're about because this is what the, um, this is what the psychiatrist said. She's like, maybe they're more than us, you know? And, th- you know, of course the climax of the film was building up to, you know, uh, I watched the behind the scenes and uh, M night, uh ding dong. Was uh, saying <laughs> that um, he was like, "What if?" You know, that's what he wanted to make this movie about. Was what if? You know, the they could um, the supernatural, you know, could take place in a switch. One of the personalities could have supernatural abilities, like the beast, like climbing on the wall and stuff like that. So, I mean, we've seen switches where definite, you know, personality traits and um whether it be the way they walk, the their um posture, you know, the way they talk has changed. But you know, he's he's taking it, you know, directly to it and he's saying, what if this? What if there's you know, you switch personalities and this personality has supernatural power, which is what we know when you're talking about somebody who's demonized, has a demonized personality. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, they
3: they went to extremes in this film of like saying that some sub personalities were diabetic and others weren't, and so like all of a sudden you know like some di- when when one sub personality was out that was diabetic they actually required insulin you know insinuating yeah. that the genetics of the person actually changed that's
0: changed right
3: yeah and that mm. was it that was crazy that's not that's not real whatsoever yeah. but Tom's right like I had to. I had a guy that I dealt with one time for about a year and a half who had like 12, 13 different sub personalities and uh, both male and they, you know, some identified as male, some identified as female, but some of the male personalities, one in particular, he had to always have a hat on. So if I, if he came out and we didn't have a baseball hat around, he would go find one before he talked to me because he refused to spend his time out without a, without a baseball hat. And that was, that's about as real as
2: it gets there. Well, yeah, and I know that, um, he's embellishing a little bit and putting some fantasy in there. Um, but it's just, it's just the one reason I, I, I kind of like look at it from a reality aspect is all of the things coming around in tech. And we can't get into all that right now today. Oh my gosh. But the, the whole trans, transhumanism movement and, uh, it, it's, it's just dark. Okay. So anyway, let's go. Let's keep going. The, 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 they have something in there called the light, and it's not our usual definition of the light. Basically, the light is when a personality takes over, right? So Hedwig, the nine-year-old boy, he says he has superpowers, special powers. Sorry, uh, to come to the light. So basically, he's the type of personality that could take over at any time, right? and but he also explained that two identities can, can can take control at the same time and we see this in the movie later on when um Casey is almost um ready to escape um any anything to add to that before i go on
1: not from here okay all
2: right so um Karen the psychologist she says um to her colleagues she says this is something to unlock the potential of the brain to all things unknown. She's saying these personalities, this is something that the brain is doing or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes on and she says, is this where the sense of the supernatural comes from? Anybody?
0: (laughs) I, I think the guy is just dancing around. Just like we have said before, <laughs>
2: exactly. exactly. he's dancing
0: around and he's playing with that. And, you know, you he's putting more into it than it actually is. If you're yeah. dealing with a person with multiple personalities, yes, I am quite sure um, it's an illness. But when somebody is demonized, and I think this is where it's sort of, it's this, the movie becomes a little sketchy it's it's dealing with that and not only we see that in the movie, but the person the psychologist or psychiatrist who is supposed to be there helping um, to make these things right, she's saying, hey, but wait a minute, we need to really go back and look at this because these folks are using more of their brains than we are. This could be really good you know so in other words, I think. Instead of um, him having someone that is able to help him, you know, he comes to her in the first part of the movie as she becomes his advocate to the rest of the world. Do they? What, hey, what are they saying about too... us? What are they saying about us? <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so that's what, what what I caught.
2: Yeah. Anything else before I go
1: on? Does anybody know? His um, worldview. I'm just curious because I, I guess I never thought to look that up before. What...
2: I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that he's a Hindu because based on the movies that he's presented from the beginning, there's a lot of Hinduistic beliefs in there. So yeah. I'm, I'm just. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing he's the Hindu.
1: well. I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia now. Uh, says he's an Indian-born American film director. Oh. So. Mm. Um that makes sense. Mm. I think you're right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um there's there's before I keep going, right before this that I have to say, did anybody notice that the, the, the the girls that were let's just call them chosen, they were half naked throughout the the rest of the movie after they tried to escape. Casey was the only one that remained close the only one that remained calm the rest of them that panicked more and tried to escape they stripped them not totally naked but half naked and remember now Dennis is a pedophile
1: well yeah now that you bring it up I guess I um, I do remember that and they were also they were all separated right mm-hmm. and was
2: yeah, it yeah, um, yeah, separate
1: mm-hmm. after
2: they try to escape yeah right
1: they
0: yeah. they yeah. um you're okay you're talking about the girls the the one girl that never screamed there's a part in the movie when he actually sees her her casey. um her stomach her, her casey her, her stomach and with all the markings on there and he says something um I'll see if I can Wait. remember exactly so <laughs> see, I, see, man, I tell you. Okay. You got my notes, yeah. bro?
2: You got my notes, bro?
0: Yeah. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: all right. <laughs> okay, but you'll you see, you will see that um, there's a lot more to it than, than that. So, w- one of the things that I, I want to touch on, and, and the movie skates around, goes back to the first part in the movie um, where he gets in the car with these three girls. Well, you notice. He turns and he sprays the girls in the back and he never sprays the girl in the front until she tries to escape. One of the things that you will know if you deal with um, some of these people who are are persons who have been demonized, they are not, um, they know their their own kind. You know, uh, there's a saying, birds of a feather tend to flock together. They know their own kind. So when this guy came into the car and he was going after the other girls, he, um, he knew these girls did not have a clue. But this one girl in the front, she wasn't running. She didn't jump. She didn't scream. As a matter of fact, the one, one of the other young ladies says, well, you know, hey, I have six months' worth of um, karate. I know what to do. And she looked, at, she looked at this girl with the experience and laughed at her. And said, no, you don't understand. Yeah. You think you understand, but you don't understand what you're dealing with. I will let you know. I will let you know when we can do something. And yeah. I said, wow.
1: And that was I, yeah." I like that. Again, I like that aspect of the film because it kept me wondering, okay, what what's going on? This girl knows more yep. than mm-hmm. they're letting on right yet and i i thought it was going to be kind of different than what was revealed in the film but it, i mean it didn't turn out that way but it was still kind of kept me uh just trying to guess okay so there's going to be a surprise here you know and, and there was a surprise at the end but right um it, it still you know I thought it was going to be something more. You know, she was going to have a deeper knowledge of what she was dealing with. You know, maybe she knew she was going to figure out first that they're dealing with a moldable or she had some kind of experience with a moldable or something like that. I thought that's what was going to be revealed, but it didn't turn out that way. So,
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, Marcia, Marcia the one that looks a little Hispanic, uh, she, when she tried to escape... What Dennis tells her is, "This is why you've been chosen." Uh, this is not, you know, word for word, but she's always been protected and never suffered. But later on in the movie, this is seen as a weakness. This is not. This is not part of your evolutionary process. So you will fail. And and we'll we'll connect that in a few minutes. Um, did anybody else notice that?
0: I missed that. Must have missed that part. Yeah.
2: All right. I was very meticulous today watching this movie again. Um, you watching it again? Well, okay. Um... That makes more sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, now now Karen the psychologist, she says something about eating the eating of the impure young. This is when she's now in the facility where um, Dennis and the rest of, you know, the 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 villain is hanging out, right? And she talks about eat the eating of the impure young when she's starting to figure out this something is wrong here and then she says, are there no limits to what the human body can do?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And of course she meets her demise um, uh, because she, she, she went into a room where um, one of the girls, she was trying to find the bathroom but she knew something was up already and so she went into a room where one of the girls was and, um, and the, the lady, I'm sorry, the girl um, Karen, no not Karen, but um, Claire was looking up at her like, help me. And then, you know, Dennis comes behind her and knocks her out or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And before the beast uh, comes. So anyway, um, Dennis uh, or the beast says that they'll never reach their potential, what I was talking about earlier. And um, he says, uh, you like to make fun of us, but we are more powerful than you think. He said that to Claire. And I believe that, that's when Claire tried to escape. Uh, yeah, they, they, she hit him over the head with a chair while he, uh, the, the, the female character, so many doggone characters here, Miss Patricia, which is the head female in charge within the circle, um, she was cooking him food and she knocks him, knocks him her over with a the, with the chair across the head and um, Casey tries to attack him and then, then, he, then he says that to them. So anyway, um um we're, we're about to get into the beast. So anything else before we get into the beast? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> so like I explained before, this is all about willpower, all about using the force, so the yin and the yang, whatever you, however you want to uh you know, translate it and he manifests through a ritual they're doing inside of the head and when he he kills the, the the psychologist by crushing her with with his arms, um, giving her like a bear hug, and she tries to knife him with it with a with a butter knife or whatever. So, a sharp, it was a sharp object, a sharp knife, and it breaks on his skin. And it, it turns out that he's very fast, like an animal, and he also has superhuman strength, obviously. And then he climbs a wall like Spider Man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So. <laughs> Um, and he, he goes out in, into the city to do whatever he was trying to do. I can't remember what that that was that he was trying to do. But one thing that the woman the, the psychologist wrote down on a paper before she died was call him by his name. Right? And this is a link also to a form of witchcraft where you say the name or or or, or hypnotism, where you, you have these trigger words that would bring somebody out of Uh, or send the personality back and bring out the real one or vice versa right so his name is Kevin Wardell Crumb and that's how they bring his personality comes back right then But and he's like how long have I been out and then he explains when he went out he was on the bus it was September 8th 2014 and all of a sudden another in the middle of all that like you were explaining Tom a personality just switches and I, I can't remember which one came up. And then in a, in a few seconds, another one, it just switches. And then while he's talking, the boy comes out. <laughs> it was just like getting very, like, who's ta- who's taking control? Who's in control here? You know? So um, before I go on, go ahead. You can talk about that.
1: Well, uh, just like I was saying before, um, in, in the – in the trigger, and that particular part of the film right there reminded me of the film Manchurian Candidate. I don't know if you guys have seen that with um yeah, I've seen it. Denzel Washington. Um, yeah. The the mind control person in that film, that's the exact same way that he was brought up, was uh, a couple different times. One time it was his mother would say his full name, and, and it would... um it would cause him to switch and go into a room where only that program or only that personality knew like they pulled the back out of his closet and he went into another hotel room and they like fixed his programming or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's another example of, of just a trigger word or a triggering of that. And, uh, we, you know, we've, again, they can do it anyway. You know, th- there's a lot of different ways. I've heard stories of, uh, of programmers or people wanting to trigger somebody and they'll put certain words in a newspaper and that person will be programmed to read the, uh, read the headline story of a newspaper every day. And it Whoa. could be, years could go by and then they finally will see those trigger words in that newspaper. Then they'll go out and do whatever tasks that they were programmed to do when they, when they see that trigger word. Um, and you know, another way that they do it is, uh, you pick up the phone, uh, you know, you get a call on the phone and you'll hear what you'll hear something on there What's called a microburst, And to us, yeah. you know, um, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound like anything. It just sounds like something really like a really quick tape, you know, but if you slow it down, there's some kind of a triggering in there and Ooh, the conscious yeah. mind can't pick that up, but the subconscious or a sub personality can pick that up and will be triggered to go out and do whatever. In this case, this stopped the program when when she said his full name. But uh, a, another good example of something I think they got right. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, also, um, Born Identity, even though it was one personality that, that switched, you know, um, you got that, you have Winter Soldier, the hmm. same trigger words, and, you know, we can go on and on about that. There's so many movies that, that uh, go into that area. Um, but one, one peculiar thing to me when the Beast went on his tirade was he ate the stomachs of Marcia and Claire. Mm-hmm. It's straight cannibalism. And, um, I mean, I don't know if anything like that, is, you know, obviously in, in real life, but uh, yet there is that like the guy that ate the dude face in Miami. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on in his head. I think he was dispossessed. Um, This stuff comes out of, you know, voodoo and all this stuff. But um, I I just found that peculiar that he ate their stomach.
1: Yeah. You know, something else, and I don't know if this is one of those fake headlines or not, but Mm. it was a headline that popped up today on Facebook that said that the, that the Las Vegas shooter was a government mind control person and it this was. is something that we suspected but there, there's a, there was a headline that popped up today that like there's some kind of breaking news on it and mm. I they didn't. arrested
0: a second they arrested a second person okay um, I, I don't know much more I have to go look after I'm done here I'm going to go look at that because I've been okay. following that for months
1: so yeah. but when you when you know about this stuff and you know about multiples and programs and stuff and you see things on um on the news like the batman shooter in aurora colorado uh the guy uh i can't remember his name james i'm getting a couple of mixed up but there was a guy in arizona who shot the congresswoman and who shot the the uh the second amendment judge
3: is that not jared jared lofner
1: yeah jared lee lofner so i should have remembered that um and then, you know, just some of these other, you know, um, high-profile shootings or mass murders or stuff like that. We could talk about the um, the VTEC shooting, okay? Here's a guy that didn't have any weapons training. You know, of course, he had a, a an assault rifle. But still, I mean, uh, he was able to kill a lot of people, you know. And we see this over and over. And this guy wrote a play, I think, about some kind of abuse but we see these profiles on tv in these big you know high profile cases or shootings or, or whatever and the the average person thinks oh that that person just went crazy you know you just take rfk you know sir and Sirhan. that dude was programmed there's no doubt about mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. anyway uh,
3: yeah, and I, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit too much. I'm fixing to have to leave here in just a few minutes. Uh, I got some stuff mm-hmm. I got to do, guys. But to, okay, since we're kind of close to the end, um, I got two, I got a couple thoughts. Number one, <clears throat> all right. So she's behind the, she's in that little cage, right? And she's she's barricaded herself from the beast as he's coming after. her. Now it's just it's just him and her. She's got a shotgun. She's running out of shells. She shoots him. He, he's not dying. I mean, it's showing how he's no longer human, pretty much. He's more than human, right? He uh, mm-hmm. He's standing there, and he realizes just by looking into her eyes that she's broken too, right? And they kind of revealed the history of her sexual abuse. They f- kind of finished with the revealing of the the sexual abuse with her her uncle. That's been revealed at this point. You know that she's been traumatized. They never alluded to her having sub-personalities, but she's broken, right? And And so he considers her to be pure because she is broken, almost like she's clean because she's unclean in this weird way. It was just like, it was this reversal. And, um, and then he makes his, he makes his exit. But, you know, I, this is a thought I have, and maybe I'm stretching it a little bit, but it's just something I've been questioning ever since I saw the movie. You know, now that the transgender movement is moving in full swing and the next obvious step is pedophilia. In fact, they've added P to the LGBT slurry of letters now you know p is added in some places to add you know for um you know pedophiles we're trying to legitimize pedophiles as a as a as being born you know with a specific sexual proclivity you know nambla the national association for uh, you know man boy love or whatever it stands for you know you've got groups of people that legitimately want to make it legal to have sex with, I'm talking six, like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old boys and girls. My point is this, okay, long-winded way of saying this. Almost every case of engaging, like I've ever seen, where somebody engaged a minor, and I'm not talking about a teenager, but somebody, you know, uh, prepubescent, uh, in sexual activity, cause some sort of fracturing. In fact, you have lots of people out there that have subpersonalities that were created as a byproduct of sexual abuse that have nothing to do with satanic ritual stuff. You know. Yep. So <clears throat> I almost wonder, as we're starting to acclimate, you know, people to this idea of of pedophilia being okay, or at least some people are trying to, if we're trying to make DID. Something that is much more okay, or something that's um, better than we are, because you're going to start. Like, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but if that becomes allowed, and and more and more people are okay with with pedophilia, you're going to see nothing but more and more DID. It's a natural result of that form of trauma. It's an it's something that naturally occurs with the you know sexual activity in a minor that that's that age. And I almost just wonder. I mean, they're they're calling the broken pure, you know, in 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 this respect. They're making it sound like it's a gift to have been split, even though they they seem to neglect in some ways there was horrible trauma that went into it. It's like they're glorifying the situation and making it something that it's not. And I almost have to wonder if it's because they're preparing to make the means by which that happens okay, okay when we know it's not. So, I don't know if that made any sense, but
0: it's it it did. It made a lot of sense to me, man. Let me tell you something. When I saw that part in the movie, I sat back and I'm like, "Oh my goodness." And he, he you know, he said what he said to her. I can't um um say it word for word but he said that and he looked at her and he looked at her body and saw that she had been traumatized did he walk away from her um did he know that before when he entered the car because he didn't go after her in the initial stages but now he sees fully who she really is and he says okay i'm done here i don't need to do it i don't need to pursue you anymore in other words, he was mm-hmm. saying, because you are one of us, yeah. I'm going to walk out. Yeah. Wow. I am good. <laughs> Thank and you, you, and, you see, <laughs> and, and, and you see And you see, here's the other thing. She's sitting in the car. End of the movie. Your guardian is here for you now. The, the lady cop opens the door. Come on. And she has this, her eyes get um, just, just full with water. tears and she looks, water and she looks at the cop. And That's in other thing. words, She's leaving one situation to go back to the guardian who is going to continue doing the same thing that she has been exposed to. This is why I look at this movie and like we are now saying, you know, good has now become evil and evil has become good. Yeah, The villain wins. Well, the villain has won.
3: Guys, I had fun, but I got to bounce. So I will talk to you later. Okay.
2: All right, all right, take it easy. It was right. great. We'll we'll finish up. Thanks, yeah, guys. Great having you, man. Yeah. So, um, now a couple a couple of last points, I guess. Um, well, the beast, right? Um, and what you were saying, I'm tying into some of the stuff that you're saying, Rory. He says, only through pain can you achieve your greatness. This is the trauma. This is the this is how you bring out the um now, I, I, I'm connecting a couple things here because I, I saw a movie called Rupture. And if you go check out the movie Rupture, it's about this woman that gets kidnapped here. Another same type of um, premise here. She gets kidnapped, and she's in this facility where they're traumatizing her with spiders and all sorts of things to make something rupture. Basically, I'm going to do a separate review on this, but basically it's to bring out something that would make her a god. Right? And they tell her all this by the end of the movie. Now it's the same thing here. Because the, the, the beast is supposed to be godlike. He says, I'm not human, like Jared was saying. Can you see? Can't you see? I'm much more.
0: He finishes it and, off, Chris. He finishes it yeah. off when he looks in wait, the wait, mirror, wait. when he's in the mirror.
2: All right, I'm, going, I'm okay. getting there. I'm getting there. And then like <laughs> like everybody's pointing out here. He sees her in the cage, looks at her. He's, ready to, he's, he's about to break the bars in the, in the jail or the cage open, the animal cage, which is like a, 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 a prison cage. and Jail
0: cell. Uh,
2: yeah, jail cell. Sorry. And he says, um, he looks at her scars. He knows nothing about her, really. But he sees her scars and then says, your heart is pure. So he's connecting what she's been through, all of the little traumas, but she's pure, pure in heart. But that only, she, he's talking about her evolution. That's what he's really talking about. And um, by the end of the movie, after she's in the cop car and everything, they're, they're, the, the multiple personalities are coming out and saying how the world has, to, we gotta basically get to the world so they could see that we're real and, and powerful and all these things and 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 that's where the kind of, the movie kind of ended, but the two little uh last tidbits here is um they showed 23 toothbrushes they cut away to that, and then they cut it when the, when the the credits start rolling, it's twenty three different credits going on the in the background. but anyway, any more to add guys?
1: no I uh... I just I think this movie. There's more to it than than, uh, what we know, and I'll be anxious to see. I have not seen Unbreakable, and when I saw the Mm. end of the film, I had to go figure out what it was about. And I, you know, I I Google it real quick, and I was like, okay, this goes Ah. back to Unbreakable. I've never seen that film, so I got to go back and I got to watch that. But now I'm curious. I mean, is it going to be another 15 years before the next sequel, or is is it going to (laughs) be?
2: Well, he claims he's, he's working on it. But you know what, Jared? Thanks for bringing up Unbreakable again. Because the same child abduction theme is in that movie. The only thing, Bruce Willis, Willis is becoming a hero, and he goes and rescues the child that's um, taken away by a pedophile. So it's that's like true. a thread of this, this subject matter going through here. So any, any, any last words, guys?
0: No, sir.
1: Hey man, I appreciate you having us on. Um, I'm glad I finally got to hang out with you guys. Um, on, on the YouTube channel, want to have you, uh, both back over on our show again sometime once we get all this, um, all this craziness that we're dealing with right now out of the way. We haven't been doing a lot of guests because we've been, um, uh, working on some, uh, film stuff, but, uh, uh, I love I love having these conversations, you know, and I learned so much. I didn't know we we're gonna go that deep, man. Uh, <laughs> next time, I'm gonna watch the movie again the day of. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, good good to have you on. And um, hey, tell people um, how to reach you, your channel, uh, the movie that you're working on, the movie that you already have out. Tell tell people about yourself.
1: Yeah, um, Jared and I are from the YouTube channel Through the Black. And if you just type in on a YouTube search bar, Through the Black, you'll find us. Uh, we do shows a couple times a week. And a lot of our, a lot of our stuff is about this. Uh, uh, we, uh, we made a film, uh, came out a couple years ago, called Detestable. It's about um, uh, multiple personality disorder and SRA, satanic ritual abuse. And it tells the story of several different people and what they've been through and, and how they got through it and how they're doing now. Uh, You can find that at detestablefilm.com, and you can rent it on Vimeo there, or you can buy the actual DVD, but uh, also you can check out the website, throughtheblack.com. So uh, thanks, man, uh, Rory and uh, Chris, for having us on. Um, We appreciate it so much.
2: Great for having you. Um, And and also, um, we did an interview with with, um, Tom and Jared last year about their film, and We got a bunch of nuggets of secrets in TV shows and stuff in there, too. So if you want to go check that out, go check it out. And this ends our review of the movie Split. Have a good night.
0: Have a wonderful night. Good night. What if every time you went out, you could cash in? Now with the Capital One Saver Card, you
1: earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. Like learning more about each other on your first date. You play the oboe. Or discovering they can't
0: hit the high notes at your favorite karaoke bar.
1: Oh, yeah! No matter your reason for going out, now you have four more. Introducing the new Saver Card from Capital One. Earn 4% on dining and 4% on entertainment. What's in your wallet?
0: Terms apply. Capital One Bank, USA